thanks for listening to our upcoming podcast on Erskine Radio. Kenny Shue. It's an honor having him on. I saw him on Tucker Carlson. I said, I've got to have him on. He's the lead insider of the Harvard Students for Fair Action, Affirmative Action Case. He's a writer for the Federalist, for the Washington Examiner, the Daily Signal, and Quillette. All top papers, all absolutely outstanding. Uh, Kenny Case examines affirmative actions, meritocracy, and attacks on Asian American excellence. He's author of An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. His website is aninconvenientminority.com. Now, they're saying Trump people are fighting against uh, Asians because of uh, calling it the uh, China virus. Wrong. Most of the attacks have not been by whites. They haven't been by Trump people. Most of them have been by blacks against the Asians. But the attack that he's talking about is one of uh, critical race theory, which is being taught to reintroduce and reinstitutionalize racism throughout the U.S. in particular. Racism ordering a state of affairs in American life, thus relevant to all interactions, institutions, and phenomena. Critical race theory is talks about your racial and ethnic background made more uh, materially relevant. It denigrates merit, repudiates American foundational principles, and disproportionate impact on Asian Americans. Why? Because Asian Americans are left out. You're not really a separate race, are you? I mean, this is really strange. But the critical race theory is one of the major problems that is causing the division in race and the stoppage of meritocracy in this country. Isn't it, Kenny? Uh, yes, and thank you so much for having me on the show. You know, in my book, An Inconvenient Minority, I talk about this critical race theory, right? Because the objective of the left, the critical race theory left, is to replace a society where judgment is based on merit and replace it with a society where judgment is based on race. Again, they just want their preferred races on top and the other races in the bottom, and Asian Americans, of course, are often screwed by this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not you're not even counted. You get no minority benefits whatsoever. <laughs> exactly, no minority benefits, not from diversity and inclusion. Uh, Nicks on Asian Americans, they're not in college admissions. They're treated worse than whites in college admissions. Uh, it's like if you want to be a minority, at least you should get the benefits of it. But they're not even getting those benefits. <laughs> right, too hard. You talk about Thomas Jefferson High School. Forget about colleges right now. Let's talk about Thomas Jefferson High School in Arlington, Virginia, and uh, what happened there. Tell a little bit about that. It's Thomas Jefferson is incredible. It was the number one science and math high school in the entire nation. Uh, it was also 70% Asian American, and admissions to Thomas Jefferson was based on performance on a test and grades, right? Meritorious factors. Suddenly... Right. Uh, in 2020, Ibram Kendi, the race theorist, spoke at the school. They changed their entire admissions process to be a complete lottery to allow for more uh, black and Hispanic and actually white kids to get in at the expense of Asians. As a result, Thomas Jefferson is quickly on its way to not becoming the number one high school in the nation, but it's quickly on its way downhill. 
They went to an admission lottery. They went to a lottery system. Yeah, you want the best and brightest <laughs> yeah. kids, so you go to a lottery system. But the thing about it is they're saying that test results are not accurate. They, you, they really aren't fair. Now, do, does a test know somebody's color when you're taking the test? I don't think so. I think a lot of them are machine graded. Excuse me, how does that have to do with a racial disparity when it's a test, it's on black and white paper, and you can mix them up and whatever and see who gets the better grades? It doesn't discriminate. The test doesn't. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's the thing about merit. Merit knows no color, right? Right. The left, uh, it's, it's, it's about if you want to perform well on a test, what do you have to do? You have to study for it. You know, anybody can study for a test. They just have to actually study for the test. Study for a test. Asian uh, children, it's been found, study four to 13 hours a week. Non-Hispanics and whites study five and a half hours a week. Excuse me, isn't there a little difference there? I think there's a huge difference there, right? Uh, you work harder. You work harder. <laughs> there's an absolute difference, and it shows. I mean, if you want to be academically excellent, you have to be... You have to you have to study. You have to work hard. You have to put in the work, and that's the oh. principle that's at stake with this critical race theory knowledge being disseminated in this country. Oh, oh, work has something to do with it, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you also talk about what happens in the Asian home, which doesn't happen in others, and that's with the mothers. The Chinese mother believes that schoolwork always comes first. An A- minus is a bad grade. Your children must be two years ahead of the classmates in math. You must never co- compliment your children in public. If your child ever disagrees with a teacher or coach, you always side with the uh, teacher or the coach. The only activities your child should be permitted to do are those in which they can eventually win a medal, and the medal must be gold. In other words, uh, you, they don't come home and say, well, you must have cheated on your test. They also don't tell you things like, uh, well, uh, you, you're not smart enough to do that. Actually, they are given compliments. Your mother gives you compliments. She bolsters you and says, you're better than that. You can do this. And other races, they say, well, you know, you'll never amount to anything. And they've got all these excuses. And I've heard that uh, my wife's parents were that way with her. Her mother was. Just totally negative, negative, negative. She came home straight A's. Well, you must have cheated. Or who did you sleep with? That type of thing. You're not going to find that in Asian families. That's a difference. The mothers the mothers really push you, and they tell you that you can do it. It's a can-do attitude. That's why you make such good Americans. America is can't. American. It's not American't. And that's what you're saying. You don't rely back... Oh, well, we came over here and we didn't speak the language too well. You find a lot of Vietnamese who are running beautiful businesses and doing a great job assimilating into society because they believe they can do it. A lot of it comes from the family and the tradition that you can do it. You don't owe anything to anybody except yourself to do this and to do it for your, not only your sake, but your parents. That's a key thing is the parental development in the Asian household, isn't it? Yes, and you cited Vietnamese Americans. They're incredible. Uh, yes. Most of them come here with not... 80% of Vietnamese immigrants come to this country with no English experience. And in the process of one generation, just one generation, their kids become doctors and lawyers 
go to graduate schools at higher rates than the rest of the American population. It's right. incredible, and it shows the American dream works. Right, and I find it absolutely wonderful when I see people who have done that, and that is what we need in this country. It's what we need in the world. Now, you also talk about what happened in China. We're always looking to China for good things and bad things and what's going on. And the worst was the cultural revolution of Mao Zedong. And we're having this, this is essentially our cultural revolution. Make no mistake about it. They're taking away the brightest and the smartest and they're substituting others because I'm not talking about black and white. They're intelligent black people. They're intelligent white people and they're some of their dumbest rocks on both sides. And same thing, not all Asians are extremely intelligent. They work hard, have a work ethic, but they're taking away the work ethic. In other words, you can make more money staying at home than you can working. That's not good. The other thing is that they're taking away is the peak, keep progressing and work hard and you can advance. This is the work ethic. They're trying to take that away. The Cultural Revolution did that in China. These people, they had a total revolution against anybody who was the intellectuals of China. They were afraid of them. This is the same thing going on here, isn't it? Yes. And that, that's what chapter one of my book, An Inconvenient Minority, talks about. It's China uh, had a cultural revolution under Mao Zedong. They persecuted the intellectuals. They persecuted everybody uh, who displayed intellect. Um, and then as a result, all of those people fled. Uh, they emigrated and it set their country back for years. Their culture of excellence declined. And I fear in America that could be the same way if we keep treading down this path. You call it a broken meritocracy. Without people striving to be better, we will never advance. We will never be number one again in the world uh, if we keep putting those down who are the ones who are striving for their best. This is part of the human toll is that you want to strive for your best. It's part of the Judeo-Christian system that we work hard. It's part of the system in the Asian community that you work hard. We can't destroy that. If we do, we're destroying our entire economy and our entire way of life and generations to come, aren't we? I would say yes. Um, Meritocracy is is a fundamental value that's being threatened today. Uh, I talk about the consequences of what happens when places like Harvard discriminates against the more qualified. Uh, You're devoting your resources uh, and we're trusting these institutions to give their next generation of the best, brightest leaders, and then they won't even recruit the best and brightest leaders. And it's no. a shame. Your second chapter, I'm not going through every chapter. We've got to go to this. You just now brought it up. Harvard is rotting. And that's a that's a, quite a condemnation. But you said uh, October 14th, 2018, You had an Asian demonstration, which doesn't happen very often, and it's called I Have a Dream 2 protest. White applicants tend to have higher personal and athletic ratings are more likely to be multidimensional. But they've got three different things that they did that they rated you on, extracurricular activities, test scores or academics and your grades, and personality. Now, let me ask you a question, Kenny. What the heck has personality got to do with it? Excuse me. I know some people with no personality that are totally brilliant. (laughs) 
That's a great point. It's entirely subject. It's an entirely subjective metric that Harvard uses to rate applicants. Basically, they're looking for somebody who they claim is likable, who they claim is humorous, uh, who they claim is charismatic, uh, in the heart, in the classic Harvard man sense of sense of the manner. And of course, they use this as a discrimination tool against Asian Americans and basically anybody else that they don't like. Um, and, uh, and and it's 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 tragic. Um, because the objective metrics uh, that Asian Americans, uh, when they interview actually with alumni and, and teachers, they get just as good scores so in so-called personality as white. Uh, but in the final metric, they get the lowest scores out of every race, and it's very suspicious. It is. You had the story of Sam. He uh, was rejected at Princeton, had some severe consequences about that. Uh, can you tell a little bit about that if you remember the story? Yeah, so uh, there's a man named Sam who uh, I interviewed for the book, An Inconvenient Minority. And, you know, he was just a brilliant math person, obviously, um, in just incredible mind, brilliant minds. But there, Princeton was having too many uh, Asians applying for math, so they rejected <laughs> him. Right. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, the, the consequences of these kinds of, destruction of meritocracy, right? Um, it embittered him, obviously, um, and it was justified for him to be embittered by this. Right. But it also, that when you let somebody in who is less qualified for the top Ph.D. math program in the entire world, uh, that person is less likely to succeed because they're around so, such highly competitive people. They quickly get drowned and discouraged. And it doesn't do anybody a good service because that slot is a slot that could have been used for somebody who could have done something great, who could have been incredible at what he did. And if you're taking people in just because of race, you've got people saying, well, they just got in because they're this race or that race. And that's not good either. You have to do it. It's about the individual. We'll be right back on Erskine Radio. Remember, all of our interviews are archived 24-7 at ErskineRadio.com. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as $200,000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. In the winning opinion against in your lawsuit, uh, Justice Powell split the baby, reversing UC Davis' admission process, passing but passing constitutional muster on race preferences in general. He contended that affirmative action was acceptable, not because it would reverse America's race legacy, but because a diverse student body was so beneficial to the health of college campus 
those compelling deemed a governmental interest to promote. The decision reads, Our tradition and experience lend support to the view that the contributions of diversity to a school's department is substantial. Now, how is it so substantial? I mean, if you want diversity, you've got diversity. Just don't put them in the top-rated top classes. I mean, you can bring people in and put them in the general population, but when you're talking about advanced studies, you don't want somebody there who doesn't know he's going to pull the whole class down or she'll pull the whole class down. Didn't you find that, Kenny? Yeah, it's, it's look... We live in a diverse country. Everybody knows America is a diverse country, and we value diversity. Diversity is important, and it's built our country, of course. But you should not use diversity as an excuse to discriminate. I believe in diversity, but I don't believe that you should discriminate against a race for the sake of diversity. Absolutely. In Harvard College admissions, the committee has not set target quotas for the number of blacks or musicians, football players, or uh, et cetera, et cetera, to be admitted in a given year. Such a sub, uh, admissions program, race or ethnic background, must be deemed a plus in a particular applicant's file. When they immediately say it's not, they don't have quotas, they essentially are admitting that they do have quotas. They just lie about it. The fact is they do have quotas. You know that. Yeah, I mean, and it's... Incredible what the data about Harvard admissions has revealed, because over the past um, over the past twenty five years, Asian Americans have been kept at a ceiling of of admissions at less than twenty percent of the student body. Even though if Asians were admitted on merit alone, they would make up over forty three percent of the student body. Um, and it's just. And you, as an Asian American, you have to get 440 points higher on the SAT. You have Good the same Lord. chance of admission as a black American. It's it's sad. Have, as they have any, any chance of admission, much higher than whites do, because otherwise you don't have any chance. You've also got stereotypes. You've got, uh, and of course, uh, uh, there are things that I didn't know about. The Asians are working on amines versus rap music, and Hollywood has got their stereotypes. You talk about crazy rich Asians. I have to agree with you. The movie had some terrible acting, and I thought uh, really wasn't very good directing on the movie either. But the stereotypes uh, are coming out, and they're really not good. Now, I did. I had one Asian stereotype I kind of like, Jackie Chan. He was he was pretty awesome. <laughs> His moves and all were pretty awesome. You know that. And of Jackie course. Chan had a good sense of humor, and he was a good actor. Now the test. New York, SHSAT test, racist only uh, because they're saying now that English and algebra are both racist. How can numbers be racist? I'm sorry, but numbers are one of the purest forms of uh, anything is numbers. Numbers is certainly not racist. Can it be racist? How come? Number seven, number four, what's racist? Which one? Well, they're arguing that test scores are racist because uh, fewer black Americans um, get high test scores than other races. That's why they're arguing it's racist. So they can't see the difference. There's no argument there. That is so stupid. Yep. Oh, Kenny, that is 
So, so they're blaming algebra and they're blaming English for the fact that people are getting lower scores. That is the stupidest yes. thing I've ever heard. More when we return. I can't deal with this. I can't. It's, it is so I am antithetical to anything I believe in. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, consumer affairs top rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. We're talking with Kenny Shu, and the book is absolutely incredible. It's eye-opening because you're writing it from a first-person's perspective. It's called An Inconvenient Minority. Why did you name it Inconvenient, Ken? Because Asian Americans inconvenience the left narrative on race, right? There's this idea that if you're white, you're privileged or you're the oppressor, and if you're black, you're oppressed because right. of discrimination. But Asian Americans have also faced discrimination in this country. I mean, Chinese exclusion, Japanese internment, but, and yet, they still achieve. And it shows that America, that success is not about what race that you are, uh, and that any race can achieve success, because Asian Americans didn't achieve their success in their country because of their race. They achieved in spite of it. And so that's why they're an inconvenient minority, because they challenge that narrative on race. Originally, going back 100 years ago, 150 years ago, the Chinese and the Irish were relegated to one thing. They worked on the railroads. That was all they were good for. They were important for that. They both rose above it, didn't they? Both groups. Exactly. Exactly. They both rose above it, and that's something we should celebrate. Instead, it's being denigrated. Merit is being attacked as a virtue in our country today. Oh, my God. We're finished if that happens. Now, they're talking about Equity versus equality and excellence. Equity means everybody doing the same. This is basically that equity is a synonym, I think, for socialism versus equality. We all want to have an equal opportunity to do things, but everyone isn't equal. I mean, everyone, I tend to believe that we're all individuals, but we've got a government today that is putting people into classes they're putting them into this, that, and the other. We ought to be t- taught as individuals. If an individual succeeds, well, you can't succeed because you're not the right color. Wrong. Wrong. And you should get the same as that person. Wrong. If you were studying 13 hours a week and the next person is going home and playing all the time and doing about 30 minutes worth of study, who do you think's going to do better? You want everything to be given in equity? I don't. Do you, Kenny? No, no. Equity is a new term that is, is actually a term that's been around for a long time, but now it's caught on. Everybody's talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and it really means equal outcomes by race. It means that we want to promote people, we want to use race to promote people, and then we want to use race to discriminate against people so that everybody achieves the same outcome. Let me ask you a question in the NBA 
which is 75% black, we have a quota that says there should be 6% Asian and 15% Hispanics. It doesn't make any sense. No, 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 no. You've got to be, you only had the one, one fellow from China who ever played that I know of in the NBA, and that was because he was like <laughs> seven and a half, eight feet tall. But the fact of the matter is, no, it doesn't make a bit of sense. And same thing with football, same thing with baseball, any of the sports. And nobody's complaining about that. Nobody's complaining. So this it's totally, totally insanity. But equity, you saw this in your studies about China. You saw this with the Cultural Revolution. It's the same thing happening here, isn't it? It's a Cultural Revolution. The only difference is they're not killing people yet. Mm-hmm. In America right now, um, there there's an increasing movement to treat people on the basis of their race instead of their merit. Um, right. The critical race theory movement is central in this. It basically says merit itself is racist, um, and it just it, it makes it, it, it. If we continue to go down this direction, as my book An Inconvenient Minority explores, we very well might end up like China. Now, when you talk about meritocracy, you're saying you have uh, the rules are changing. Are they changing positively? Because we have a number of states who are doing away with the critical race theory. They're saying, no, we cannot follow that. Schools are really trying to push this from elementary schools all the way up through colleges and universities. But we've got states that are saying, no, in a state-funded school, you're not going to do this. This could be a major plus. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the. I mean, that's one of the great things about about this country is that even in spite of all this, there are ordinary Americans, and in my book, I talk about these ordinary Asian Americans who are fighting for American values, who came to right. this country because they believed in the opportunity and freedom that this country provides, and they're fighting against it right now. They're fighting critical race theory in the schools. They're fighting. Uh, discrimination by the Ivy Leagues. This is what the Students for Fair Admissions uh, organization is doing against Harvard University, challenging the biggest behemoth, the biggest elite institution in the entire world, and exposing them for what they really are. You're not asking for a handout. You're not even asking for a helping hand. You're just asking for a level playing field. That's all you're asking for. Exactly. We're not asking for... For, for preferential treatment in our favor. We're just asking right. for people to be treated on the basis of their merit, not their background. Now, why is there the anti-Asian violence? Why is that going on right now? I don't understand it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, look, there's been anti-Asian violence forever, but it's making the media rounds right now because the media wants to pigeonhole this as an example of white supremacy. Um, but, of course, that's not the reality. Even back in 2018, 28% of the attacks against Asian Americans were by blacks, 25% of them were by whites. It's the plurality, um, uh, in not non-white, attacking Asian Americans. Um, so, of course, Asian Americans are victims when it convenience, uh, conveniences their script, but when they work too hard in education, they're on the side of the oppressor. What can be done? What would you like to see done? And how can other people help with this? What would I like to see done? I would like, um, I would like hiring, promotion, the things that we elevate, why we promote, right? 
to be grounded in merit-based principles, you know, to, to, to be grounded in things that, um, that, that everybody can agree on or common standards for what is meritorious. You know, if you, want, if you have a doctor who wants to treat you, you don't care what you, the race of your doctor is. You just want him to be a good doctor. Right. Right. And I think everybody can agree that there are certain standards that we should uh, create to help that. We should abide by those. Um, you want and, and the pilot of your airplane to be, to be the best possible. You don't want somebody who was <laughs> in there because of diversity. No, you don't care what color or race, creed, color, or sex the pilot is. You want somebody who knows how to fly the plane and land it safely. Right. Exactly. Now, when we're talking about this, uh, the attack on Asian excellence, is it because people are a little bit fearful because Asians are doing so well that they feel inferior? They feel like we can't own up. We aren't as good as the Asians. Is it some something to do with that? Is it sort of a, uh, what would you call that, uh, fear within people? I think it's a combination of things. I think fear is, is one of the things. Um, you know, people would, people, I, t- I tell this story in an inconvenient minority. It's actually a historical story. Uh, mm-hmm. When the Asians came to California, the Chinese came to California and started working on the railroads. They actually were more efficient working on the railroads than some of the other miners that were going on then. Right, but the right. other miners had the political power. And so they, they, uh, aligned by a labor leader who sought who made it his sole mission to kick Asians out of America and they and he eventually won because they had more political power they signed the Chinese Exclusion Act and they got rid of all of the Asians there right so the fact is that here the Asians who are here are on our side we need to embrace and use the people who are from Asian extraction because they can help us, not hurt us. This is the plus, isn't it? We need to use people like that, people like yourself who come here, who can be a positive influence. This is what we need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when, you know, and when a group becomes more academically excellent, right, you can look at it two ways. You can resent them and you can say, oh, no, they're academically excellent. What's that going to do? Or you can learn from them, right? And and ultimately, hopefully, that is what a lot of Asian Americans want to do. We are patriotic citizens, and we right. want to help our country. Um, and and so, in order to help our country, you know, but we need people to have to buy in and to say, hey, you know, we want to learn, we want to be there, instead of people who just want to attack our success and our excellence in this field. Now, if you have trouble with the Chinese government, a lot of Chinese have problems with the Chinese government. If you have problems with uh, what's going on and what China's doing, it doesn't mean that somebody who is Chinese. People around the world may have some problems with our government. We have problems with our government. It doesn't mean we hate all Americans. So what you need to do is to understand that uh, people are individuals. And I believe that that's extremely important because God created individuals. It doesn't matter. You could have an identical twin brother and you'll have different uh, fingerprints. We're all individuals. This is what we need to get back to. Unfortunately, they are putting people into classes. This person's this, this one's that, and they're dividing them up. You know, when they have a, a 
Columbia University has separate graduation for seven different types groups, the gays, the blacks, the Hispanics, and they have all these separate graduations. That's division. That's not bringing us together. We need to be brought back together, I think. Your comment on that, Kay? I want us to be brought back together. I want us to be united. Um, One nation under God with liberty and justice for all. That's that's the promise. That's what we take the oath of the flag to. One nation under God with liberty and justice for all. Let's get back to that ideal. It's a great ideal for not only us, but the entire world. Who can disagree with it? Some do. Mm. You know, so there are some people in this country that would rather this country be divided than united. Yeah. That would rather this country be divided into racial groups. Why? Because they believe that dividing this country into racial groups will help them get ahead on the basis of their race. And we don't want that to happen in our country. We want people to be judged as individuals, not by their racial groups. Right. I've I've always heard the term, and you've probably heard this too, you never get ahead by putting someone else down. And that's the key. Never get ahead by putting someone else down. And people quit have to quit. Now, The one of the key things with the Asian community, you've never considered yourself victims. Some of the others, they want to capitalize on victimhood. But you don't consider yourself a victim. You're trying for equal rights, not rights better than someone else. And you're not asking anybody to give you anything. That's one of the keys. Maybe you all turn around and start saying, hey, we need to be given this. Look, we're on the bottom rung. But you don't believe that way, do you? No, and I wouldn't either. But that's the key because you aren't asking for anything. You're not standing up saying, I demand, I need. No, you aren't. You're just asking for equality. You're asking for fairness. Is fairness in doctrine we can't have anymore, Kenny? God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope I <laughs> I hope we can all still unite behind fairness and fair play, right? You know, in a sports competition, everybody knows there's a winner and a loser, and you play fair. And even if you lose, you play fair. You don't try to criticize the rules. You don't try to attack it. You don't try to attack the umpire. And right. and unfortunately, in our system, people are are are, are not are, are seeing it differently. Are seeing the rules as a, as a game that they can exploit and cheat for themselves. We have to, as a nation, change and do away with uh, feeling sorry for all the victims and saying, look, put your big boy pants on and go out and fight like everyone else. You want to get ahead, study harder. You want to get ahead, have a family unit. Stay with a family unit. You want to get ahead, let uh, turn to God. There are lots of things that we need to do and they need to look at that have worked in this country rather than bring us down to the lowest common denominator. Now, you, uh, in your afterwards, you talk about model minority. Tell a little bit about that, model minority. What do you mean in that, Kenny? Well, the idea of a... It was, the, the last chapter of the book, the afterward, is a bit of a personal reflection um, on the term model minority because some people use it to describe Asian Americans in a derogatory way. They say Asian Americans are people who are just, um, are just being used by white people. Um, to oppress black people, basically. Um, and they call Asian Americans white adjacent. They attack them for having privilege. And that's just 
and the experience of Asian Americans in this country who have often come to this country with nothing, with right. no inheritance, with nothing, and they came to this country just to seek opportunity and freedom, they show that you can achieve and you can succeed if you put your mind into it in this country. Um, and, and I hope to use that and, and tell people, hey, it's not about your race that gets you ahead or that doesn't get you ahead. It's fundamentally about what can you put to the, what kind of axe can you put to the iron here? And, um, and that's why I wanted to write this book, An Inconvenient Minority. The model minority is one that has to do with hard work. It isn't that uh, getting close to this, that, or the other. It's applying yourself. And a lot of that goes back to the one chapter that you wrote that I found so fascinating was about the mothers in the Asian community. We need to have our mothers and our family, and that is critical. They have destroyed that in a lot of the black community. We'll be right back. I'm not putting blacks down, but I'm saying the fact is they destroyed the family unit. We have to have it. We'll be right back with Ken. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Listen to this once more because I think it's very important. The Chinese mother believes that schoolwork comes first. An A- minus is a bad grade. Children must be two years ahead of their classmates in math. Must never compliment your children in public. If your child ever disagrees with the teacher, must always take the side of the teacher. The only activities your child should be permitted to do are those which they can eventually win a medal. And the medal must be gold. Well, I'm sure that's overstretching it a little bit on some of that, but the fact of the matter is it's a society where they're saying, do your best, do your best. You may fall short, but at least you tried, and you tried to do your best. You're not blaming anything that happened 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago. You're only taking responsibility for yourself. It's about self and taking responsibility. They're trying to instill that in their children. This is what we need to instill. This is what parents need to instill. This is why government cannot be the parents to children. Parent, children need parents. Uh, you agree with that, I'm sure, Kenny. Yeah, and absolutely. And the quote that you said, you know, that was from Amy Chua. Um, and I agree with some of what she said. I also think, you know, they, she can offer an overly harsh view of Asian, of Chinese right, parenting. Right, you know, right. Chinese mothers... They really love their children. Honestly, I always felt like I was nurtured and indulged as a child and everything like that and, and the manners. But but I know what happened with my dad. My dad always pushed me to say, right. you know, Kenny, dream big and and go out and carry it out. And it's okay if you fall short, but you right. gotta go and you gotta do your best. Right. You, you you as long as you're competing and doing the best you can, you may not you're not always going to get the gold. But at least you can go and you can try. You can do it and you can try. And as far as uh, never praising you in public, at least don't put don't put your children down in public. 
Don't put them down, but correct them if you have to. And this is uh, keys, and uh, you understand that. But the thing is, the Chinese have always been big on the family unit. We need to get back to that. If you're wondering what the key to success for a lot of uh, people and minorities, it's a family unit. I think that is going to be one of the keys. Don't you think so, Kenny? Yeah, and, and Asian Americans have a higher rate of two-parent families than uh, any other uh, racial group in America, including whites. They have lower rates of crime, lower rates of drug use. Um, and I think that those are some solid foundations that all Americans um, you know, need to have in this country. Well, you don't want to upset your mother, and you don't want to go against your father. Those are two things you definitely don't want to do. You were taught <laughs> that. I was taught that. We need to bring that back because that is uh, paramount. You learn your place in the world, and you learn respect. We don't have respect anymore. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, and not only respecting others, but people don't respect themselves. Exactly, exactly. I mean, how you build respect of yourself is you learn how to respect others. Um, that's that's how That's how you can learn. Kenny, I've enjoyed it, and I hope people will go out and get your book, An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. If we don't get meritocracy back, we're not going to get our nation back. AnInconvenientMinority.com. This is the key to America's future. It's a key also not just for America, but the whole world has to turn to meritocracy because we've got to go to those who can help us in the future not the those who are going to have to be pulled up. we got to go to those who can actually lead. We need leaders, and you're going to get that only through meritocracy. I absolutely agree. Thank you for writing it. Thank you for doing this, and I can't wait till your next book comes out. At, uh, at, your <laughs> age, at your age, to have a book that is a bestseller, being on Tucker Carlson and everything else, you are absolutely a beacon, and you're someone who people can look up to of every race and say, look, here's somebody this young who's done all of this, and other people are sitting back saying, one of these days I'll do this. Well, one of those days has come. Go out and do it. There's no time like the present to get out there and to do it and have a can-do attitude, not a can-do. You've never had a, anything other than a can-do attitude. You've never thought about sitting in the back seat. You've always decided you can do it, and I love that attitude, Kenny. Thank you. I mean, I've always been a writer, always will. Do what That's you what enjoy. Do. do what you enjoy <laughs> doing. You'll never work another day in your life, as long as you enjoy it. Thanks, Kenny. Thank you. Book is book is called An Inconvenient Minority. Websites at inconvenientminority.com. This is a book that should wake up America. Remember all of our... I want to thank you for going to Patriot Gold. Now with everything that's going on, it's more important than ever to consider gold. They've been a great sponsor for us. And I'd also like to remind you, all the shows archived 24-7. Erskineradio.com And Rumble. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. We got lots more, so be sure to come back. Brain fog, insomnia, 
moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.